Hello and welcome to Herbert Smith Freehills Japan Arbitration Podcast. My name is John Ribeiro and I'm a senior associate in our international arbitration practice in Tokyo. Today I'm here with our head of disputes in Japan, David Gilmore, and disputes partner Craig Shepard. We're going to briefly discuss the new Japan International Dispute Resolution Center, or JIDRC, which recently launched its Tokyo Center. David and Craig are both members of the JIDRC's Facility Operation Committee, and David sits on the advisory board. Today, we'll discuss the center's key features, the motivations behind it, and what it means for the development of international arbitration in Japan and beyond. Our thanks goes to our colleague Ben Jolly, who has written a helpful blog post summarizing the launch event and key points, which you can access from this podcast's webpage. So, turning to my first questions for David, what is the JIDRC and what does its establishment mean for the international arbitration market? Thank you. Well, the Japan International Dispute Resolution Center was established as an institution back in 2018 with the stated goal to promote international arbitration and also mediation in Japan. Um, and the first step in terms of a physical presence for arbitration hearings was the JIDRC Osaka facility, which opened its doors back in May 2018. And that's been followed in October of this year with the JIDRC's second hearing venue in Tokyo. And it's that step which has certainly generated a lot of interest in promoting Japan as a venue for international arbitration. The Tokyo facilities are intended to represent a world class option for hearings in international arbitration and other forms of alternative dispute resolution here in Japan. Thanks, David. What kind of、uh, facilities are we talking about here? Do you think they're on par with some of the advanced facilities you've experienced, such as Maxwell Chambers in Singapore or the International Dispute Resolution Center in London?、Um, I'd say it compares very favorably. Um, for starters, it offers two、uh, large hearing rooms and six breakout rooms. So there is plenty of space to accommodate parties of various sizes, which is, of course, a crucial consideration. And also, of course, because it's so new, it benefits from the very latest supporting technology. For example, there are interpretation booths built directly into the hearing rooms. Which is an elegant solution to what is often a distracting challenge when testimony needs to be translated in real time during hearings. And the venue also offers parties the ability to use integrated AI based transcription services for English language proceedings. So, a lot of thought has gone into making sure the facilities are as user friendly as possible for Japanese and also international parties. Well, harnessing the latest technology to deliver a world class customer experience is certainly in line with my experiences in Japan. It sounds like the center is poised to be a facility that attracts not only Japanese parties, but also caters for international parties who may consider holding their arbitrations in Japan. I think that's right, John. As you know, the Japanese government has been on a mission to increase Japan's popularity as a seat for. International arbitration. And the launch of the new Tokyo、uh, GIDRC is meant to have, and I genuinely think will have, a really positive impact on that mission. 
Thanks, Craig. That reminds me of a line from the old Kevin Costner movie, Feel the Dreams. If you build it, they will come. I understand that's an important theme here, the JIDRC being a significant step in Japan's overall mission to enhance Japan's popularity as a seat for international arbitration. That's correct. The launch of the JIDRC Tokyo venue is a significant step, but it's just one step in the development of international arbitration in Japan. The JIDRC will now turn its attention to managing and operating its two venues and also to fulfilling its underlying purpose, which is the promotion of international arbitration and in fact mediation as well in Japan. As if to underpin this point, for example, many of the speakers at the JIDRC Tokyo launch event were keen to highlight the really positive traits that Japan has to offer parties who wish to arbitrate their disputes here. It's an international travel hub. Even in these days of COVID, we still have two uh, major airports in, in Tokyo. Uh, it's a safe environment for international travellers. It has world-class facilities and hotels, a modern arbitration law and an arbitration-friendly environment. It also has a unique culture, just to name some of the attractions of Tokyo in particular and Japan more generally. So it's not just the promotion of the venues, though that is very important. It is tying in with the promotion of Japan as a seat for international arbitration overall. That's, that's interesting to hear. I suppose we all have a role to play in the promotion of Japan to be recognized as a go-to jurisdiction for international arbitration. My final question is, what do you think are some of the key challenges Japan may face in achieving this goal? What do you think Japan and the JIDRC need to focus on to boost Japan's popularity as a seat for international arbitration? Perhaps I can ask both of you your thoughts on this. David, can I start with you? Um, thanks, John. Arguably, one of the biggest challenges for Japan is uh, unseating the competition, so to speak. Traditionally, Singapore, certainly Hong Kong, and perhaps more latterly Seoul to an extent, are known as some of the more popular and user-friendly choices for international arbitration. So it's a competitive landscape, and I think it's right to recognize that Japan will have to work hard to attract more arbitrations from both Japanese and foreign parties. But of course, the newly launched facilities are a part of that. Um, but there are other sides of progress, all of which together help in persuading parties to consider Japan as a safe venue for their arbitrations. So that includes the recent relaxations, which allow foreign lawyers based in Japan to act on more classes of arbitrations that take place here. And progressive changes to Japan's arbitration law and practices are also being discussed and considered with the aim to create an increasingly experienced and user-friendly infrastructure around international arbitration. That includes, for example, recommendations to grant the Tokyo and Osaka District Courts special jurisdiction to hear arbitration-related cases, and also removing the requirement to submit Japanese translations of English-language arbitration awards in any contested enforcement proceedings. And to come back to where we started, of course, marketing the new Tokyo facility will certainly be important. 
and not just the facilities, but Japan as a seat for arbitration generally. Thank you. Well, I, I agree with David. And picking up on his final point about marketing the facilities, I suspect we have a unique opportunity at the moment because the world of arbitration has changed radically through COVID. Uh, many hearings are now taking place remotely, meaning that there are multiple venues, a single seat, but multiple venues being used in hearings. There is an opportunity for JIDRC now to become involved in hearings which may have a seat elsewhere. And that is a real chance to break in on the Japanese side, expose people to the facilities and how wonderful they are, and perhaps in due course, people will then look to actually use that as the, the main venue and to use Tokyo as, as the seat. I think it will be key to encourage more Japanese companies to pick arbitrations seated in Japan. Uh, this will help to increase the number of Japan seated arbitrations in the near term and to make the international community more familiar with Japan as a venue. I think the final point I, I would make, John, is that the focus needs to be on educating and empowering younger generations of lawyers in Japan, given the key role that they are inevitably going to play in the future of international arbitration here. Well, thank you very much, David and Craig. It sounds like more exciting developments might be in the making for international arbitration in Japan. If you have any questions at all about this podcast or international arbitration generally, please do not hesitate to contact any one of us. Thank you for listening to our podcast today.